friends, I, I have to share right before I hit record, I did see a hummingbird. I was sharing with Keith that I've not seen a hummingbird a here at our house in Georgia ever. And then I was just reading about them an hour ago and I was like, man, I haven't seen a hummingbird in a while. That's kind of a bummer. And then one just randomly showed up outside of my window. That's Guys, crazy. That's wild. It just, I mean, did it write the article you were reading and was like, did you read my article? I think so. I mean, really, he just wanted to be on the podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was like, hey, but speaking of that hummingbird isn't on the podcast today, baby. But I can't compete with a hummingbird. Though. If you get a hummingbird here and the little clicks they make, the little. I know. I can't. Do, I mean, I maybe. Yeah, I'm not. I can't do a hummingbird. Hummingbirds are so, they're so fast. That's true. I feel like you could nail a hummingbird. You mean the voice. You mean do the voice of a hummingbird when you say nail. <laughs> yes. Got it. Yep. Got it. Thanks for clearing that up. Just Friends, making sure. <laughs> you are in for an absolute treat today. My guest is an uh, improviser, writer, uh, and podcaster. We're going to hear all about this. This man has so many books that he's written and self-published in such a short amount of time. I was like, which one do you want me to promote? And he goes, well, I guess we can talk about my new podcast. So there's nothing more that I love than talking to multi-hyphenates. You guys know that I love that so much. I love people who are really exercising all of their creative limbs. And my guest today is exactly that. Please welcome Keith Soltajanes. Hey, I'm trying to put this in the most awkward. There it is. Hi. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me, Rachel. Good to see you. It's been, it's been a minute. Yeah, this is, how this is a perfect place to put this. I think that's perfect. That'll look good in all the clips. <laughs> um, I'm well. So yeah, I was realizing we know each other very tangentially. Um, or I would be interested if you're like, this is my memory of you because my memory of you was your best friends with uh, Stephanie and Berkey. So okay. that was that was like hanging out around IO West, RIP, and yeah. there was Keith. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that it's like seeing you in Redford. And, and I would see that because I knew lots of people in Redford, uh, as well as those people you just mentioned. Um, so then I'd be hanging out with them and go, well, you're part of this now. Hey, but it was direct. Yeah, it was from them. But definitely lots of memories of watching Redford. I still remember, <laughs> I think about this randomly, this sketch you did with Tim where it was very dramatic. It was like a breakup or a divorce. <laughs> yeah. And it was so dramatic. No one broke. It was like superb acting. Everyone in the crowd was like on board, like, whoa, this is serious. And then it ended with like, will you shave my back hair before I leave? But I just, I love the commitment of that. I still think about that sketch. It was like, this is very long with no jokes, just like serious breakup acting, acting about a breakup. And then the punchline at the end it was just so different than anything. I, I remember that. Just now, I was like, oh, wait, that was you. That was you in that. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Uh, that was one of my favorite sketches probably that I've ever been in, not even just oh. with Redford, because I feel like, I mean, obviously, love to be funny, right? But there's something really fun and potent, especially with like those types of audiences. We're like most IO audiences, right? You guys knew us or we go back, we see each other's shows, we'd support each other. And so being able, yeah, to do something like that. And especially because the entire sketch, everyone's waiting for the joke and it go, the scene goes on for so long and it's such a heartbreaking <laughs> scene. Like everybody's been there. We're like, 
you're in this, what you think is going to be this lifelong relationship. It's like kind of one of those, you know, paramount relationships and it doesn't work out. And just the, the, your, your heart being ripped out of your chest. And then yeah, it ends in, will you shave my back before you go? Yeah. And um, a lot of those like, like things that are dramatic people, it's like this, this, the long setup and people are waiting for the punchline. But usually in that there'll be something kind of quirky that people will laugh at. But from my memory, there was nothing that broke the tension. There wasn't like, here's a funny line. There wasn't anything remotely cute or funny. <laughs> it was just the audience. You felt the energy. You're just like, oh my God, what are we watching? <laughs> I know. Everyone, I think, like felt very held captive. They're like, what yeah. is what is happening? But That's no so, one was I like, love that you oh, brought that up. Please let this be over. Like, no, like people were in it. People were yeah. like, oh, let me go get a drink. People were like, this is happening. And it was so, so committed to that dramatic ness which was great yeah. and then the punchline people were like yay we can laugh again <laughs> yeah it was a pretty fun one that was that was definitely one of my favorites so are you still you're in LA now I am in LA right now okay well actually I know that I just saw you were at the Magic Castle recently that's true I'm actually in IO right now um I set up <laughs> in the old IO building which is still there it's me and a bunch of uh, uh drug runners and gun runners and me who doesn't run because I don't like running. Um, but it was just, we're just hanging out. You know, we were hanging out at the, the DCT. It's, it's all gross now. And I just, I just put this up so you don't see how gross it is behind. Oh, that was so kind. Gross. The oh, yeah. DCT. When you said that, that just like jolted me. Cause for me, my journey in LA started to really like fall away. I don't know if you can hear my son. Is that He's the having... hummingbird? Well, some days. Right now, it's just my son having a meltdown. Um, and I think he can hear me. We won't edit this out. Surprise guest. Come on in. Yeah, I was like, and here he is. Um, yeah, that's when, when IO shut down or like closed. That was kind of the beginning of the end for me because I only had like a short amount of time in between like – that closing and when did that close 2018 probably right yeah i think so and then yeah by 2020 okay so it was two years it was long but it, i felt all two years of that because there was there was that point in time where everybody like the sketch community was trying to like find where we were gonna go and we were all so hopeful um, so are you doing any live comedy right now? I guess is my question. Do you do any live sketch or I tell me about your journey? Miss it. Um, but also the thing about IO before I tell you about my journey was yes. a lot of people were like, Oh, IO poo poo. But like, it was a hub because it, no matter what background you came in, like you're from second city, if I remember right, second city yep. and like UCB or Groundlings, people would come there and everyone would go, come there to, to, to drink and hang out, but also do shows because everyone was welcome. And people were like, oh, it's sort of not that great. But when that hub crumbled, it really like the, the whole comedy improv sketch community took a huge hit that I think is still recovering from. Because like, where is the hub? Where do you go to hang out if you're not part of a team? Uh, no, it really I was a, a bigger hit than people were expecting, I think. No, I think you're absolutely right. And it really 
it really then I once that all kind of fell apart because I came from Second City in Chicago and like that that's like a hub people go and you hang out and you know stuff like that and then there was this really rich community and I'm like okay I'm gonna take a step out let's go to LA and then I almost immediately joined Redford all thanks to Evan Watkins Shout out to Evan because he saw me at another show and I guess IO auditions were about to happen. So he told Brett, he's like, I just saw this girl. She moved here from LA. Like you've got it, like get her on our team. So I was so blessed to get on this very seasoned good team. And, um, so at any rate, that was like my lifeline. Those were my friends. That was my everything. And then when that all kind of fell away and then I was like, well, I'm not going to go all the way through like groundlings or UCB that just felt like such a long road. Uh, and so that kind of transitioned me into doing stand-up because that's when I was like, well, we'll just take all these jokes and I'll just transfer them because most of the time it was my opinion about something that I wrote a sketch about. I'm like, well, I'll just write short jokes about it instead. So Yeah, and a lot of people made that move. I see a lot of people from IO doing stand-up and or were like, well, I guess I'll leave LA because I don't have that community and where do I fit in? Um, and that's happened a lot. But, but back to what I'm doing uh, for live shows, Right now, uh, Improv LA has a has a weekly jam show, so that's going on, and that, and I'm taking part in that. Um, but I usually like to say that I I don't perform improv domestically anymore. <laughs> I only perform it internationally, uh, <laughs> which is something that I I mean that's my choice. Uh, but I am doing the Orlando Comedy Festival in two weeks, and I will be doing a bunch of shows there. And that is technically, of course, it's domestic. It's in Orlando, Florida, so I will yeah. be doing that. I mean, sometimes Florida feels like its own country, so I feel like that's fair. That's true. It used that's to be like, a fair oh, New thing. York feels like its own thing. But, but you're right. Florida is like really <laughs> might as well yeah. be its own country at this point. Yeah, they're doing their own thing. Wait, tell me more about this international perform, like where you're like, this is just what I'm going to do. So just from doing so much improv in L.A. Um, and not being currently on a regular team, like I'll guess for some shows people ask me to guess. But then when I travel... I'll do workshops and shows different places. I, uh, earlier this year, I was in Japan for the fourth time, and I did did some shows there and a little bit of a workshop. Uh, but usually, it's just when I'm traveling somewhere doing a workshop is when I'm doing shows. So it's like, oh, my last show was in Japan, and the one the next show will be in London. <laughs> I was like, that's fun. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really that. cool. So where where are you from originally? I'm from. There's a star, I don't know, some metaphor I was going to use, but Connecticut originally. Okay. And then how long have you been in LA? I've been in LA since a little, like, in LA, like, in LA, since 2009. So whatever that math is. Okay. Is how long. Yeah, I went for, I was in Connecticut and then I was in Florida for a while. So the funny thing about doing this Orlando Comedy Festival, when I first learned improv was in Orlando. So I'm like, bringing it home back to where it all started. Oh, I love that. So that'll be that'll be fun. Some of the old people there as well. But yeah, so it's 2009. There's some math in there that someone can quickly do, I'm sure, to know how long I've been in LA. But that's yeah, it's not going to be me. It won't me be either. me. Nope, it won't be me. That's Five always my years? joke. Two years? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. Long enough. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, we've been here. We feel it. So okay. So you only right now, kind of a bit, also very serious. You're really only doing improv internationally but you've written these books about improv so tell me about how you were like was it more where you're like i wish that this was a thing that like i had and that was the impetus to write it or were you like i'm not performing but i love this thing so much so here's another way that i can access it 
Oh, I love both of those things. It was definitely more of the first one. So uh, my first book, The Improv Mindset, How to Use Improvisation for Success in Your, in your Everyday Life. I think that's the name of it. <laughs> I don't remember the tagline right now. Um, but that one I've been working on for, for over 10 years. So like while I started it, I was doing tons of shows and, cool. and stuff. So it's only recently where I haven't been doing as many live shows here. Um, but just working on that book in the terms of just from, from teaching so many classes, probably thousands of students, and then also from all over the world now, that's seeing that improv the way it's generally taught. One, it's, it's harder to get to if you're not in a big city. Now, there's a lot of online classes if those are still going. But it's sort of hard to get the information. And then seeing that a lot of the students I had, it was, hey, I don't I want to be a comedian. I don't want to perform, but I want to use these skills for my life which is what improv really did for me. Cause I used to be very uh, introverted and like, oh, how do you talk? What do you, how do you have fun? And then learning improv then as a byproduct, as most people probably feel, then you're like, oh, I could just be like this all the time. So the book is really like how to use those improv skills, the same ones we all know, listening and yes and, but then how to use them in your life when you're in a, in a meeting or you're socializing or any of the things we find ourselves in where we are improvising anyways. So about 10 years working on the book, always going back to page one, going, whoo, I, I learned so much more. I got to rewrite this. And then end of 2022, last year, I had half of the book written. And I said, okay, I either finish it now or it just sits in my hard drive forever. Like it's now yeah. or just like move on because I would always go back and forth to like, oh, I don't feel like doing this now. I want to write something else. And then I was like, I just got to get this done because I put so much work into it. And then finally done and out there. Nice. That wasn't your question, but there's the answer. No, it was. It was. Listen, there are no rules here. There, this, is, this is the Wild West as far as podcasting is concerned. No, I'm just always so curious about that because I feel like ultimately in my – this is such a cheesy thing to say, but I feel like you may be a safe uh, space to share it with. But I feel like ultimately at the end of the day, like – all my little artist heart wants to do forever is improvise. Like I, I always tell people that where I'm like, sometimes it's difficult for me to identify like what I do. Cause I feel like I do a lot of different things. And to me, they're all very much like one of the same thing. Ultimately they're all performing from a creative place that to me, I identify as like a spiritual thing that I can tap into and create things. Right. I'm literally creating something new. And that's what I love so much about improv because I feel like, Everything in life takes so much planning and thought and then notes and everything else. And I'm like, especially now where, you know, it's like I'm responsible for two kids and showing up in my marriage and showing up for myself and just like all of these things that I'm like, I'm performing with a team here in Atlanta now. Um, it's like a best of team of like a bunch of like UCB, New York people, Second City, Chicago people, like just everybody who's kind of, you know, ended up here and they're like, Hey, I really love this and I'm good at it. I really, you know, so now we all play together and it's the most fun that I have because I'm like, Oh, this feels so fun and it feels so free. And I don't give a shit. Like what happened? You know what I mean? I'm like, let's go all of the places and do everything. And I feel like the joy that I get from improv is unmatched of anywhere of any other art. If I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah. I love that 
so, I love that so much. What like can you say that again? I mean, it will, there'll be a recording, but I want to hear it right now again. Of of <laughs> everything you're doing is basically improv. It's creating something in the yeah. Moment. I is feel that- like yeah. I mean, I feel like with everything I do now, it's really all improvisation. There's just different funnels for it. Like I this podcast and a lot of what I'm doing now is more like spiritual speaking. And that's, I literally put it in quotes. Cause for me, I'm like, but I feel like I'm just sharing about like life and things I think that can be helpful. And like, I think I'm pretty funny. And so it's funny, but it's not quite stand up. but you know, really at the end of the day, it's like, I'm just improvising all over again. It might not be, you know, a big character or, you know, whatever, but it's, it's still always improvising. It's that muscle. It's going into a new space and assessing it and being like, okay, in the first, you know, intro of who I am, what jokes am I going to make about the space? How am I going to connect with people? Like almost the first skills of performing that I ever learned are what are still to this day, the most valuable. And I've been performing my whole life, but professionally, you know, since 2014 and they're still the skills that I rely on. And I feel like I always tell people, it's like, well, why don't you do it more? And I'm like, you know, the two jobs that you can have to get paid to improvise is second city. And I did that. And then after that, it's pretty much like, you know, uh, like whose line, you know, like, I'm like, there's not a lot of opportunities. Um, so at any rate, I always love talking to improvisers because I feel like there's just this kinship that's different from people that like just do stand up or writers or whatever. There's like this sense of, I don't know, being like a misfit or the way in which you you show up and you see the world is slightly different than other people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that what you just said was cheesy at all. Like that resonates a lot. Like everything I'm doing is like, basically doing improv it's just like doing improv and then writing it or improv on a podcast it's it's because there is nothing like it and when you when you get a taste of that moment when you're doing improv you're like i'm just making this up and i'm you said that and i don't know why i said this and and having that and and then the audience reacting to it you can't you can't compare anything to it and that's something i love about doing the shows internationally is like because in in la or new york it's like a lot of people are like, we're doing this for another reason. Mm, we're doing improv yep. for something else. But like just improv for improv's sake, you see in other countries like, we just learned this thing called the Herald and there's this excitement and there's no baggage to it. And it's like, yeah, just improv alone is fun. Just by doing it, it with like the goal is to do a good show and that being the end is so fun instead of like, well, I'm doing this for this reason. It sort of like takes away some of the beauty of improv in itself. And that is, yeah, it is. It's something like you've seen the other side and improvisers who know it's like, oh yeah, you know, you get it. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it was so jarring for me. I mean, uh, Second City has its own very toxic culture in and of itself, but going from where the facade is still like, yes, and we listen and we support, right? But it's like, really, we want you to be famous so that we can have more people come back and pay us an extreme amount of money to learn how to do this. Um, Second City, love you, baby. But, um, you know, where it's like going from that to then like auditioning in this, this world that felt so serious and everybody else. I mean, now if I could go back and do it all over again, I'd be like, let it riff, baby. Like we're just here to have fun, you know, but there, 
I just, I also, this is tangential, but it's like, I don't like operating in spaces like that anymore. I'm like, if we're not here to have fun, I mean, obviously like taking it seriously. Like I would say I take improv. I take all of these things. I take art very seriously. I take what I do for a living very seriously. Um, but I also understand that at the end of the day, like we're not saving lives. Well, some days cause comedy, comedy can't save lives sometimes, but meaning like we don't actually have to take it that serious. And I think that's so much of where the amount that I worked in quote unquote traditional Hollywood and in those spaces, I was like, Oh, this is really interesting because I always thought this was my dream and now I'm here. And I'm like, I don't really like this. And I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't feel good. Um, but anyway, that's, that's all about me. I want to hear more about your, uh, your journey with improv. So, okay. So you wrote this book and now you wrote a second book. That's true. This happened. I wrote, took me 10 years to write the first book and like a month to write the second book. <laughs> Cause yep. now that I know how to do it. <laughs> so what, it, so tell me about the second book. The second book, the first book is like everything that I know about improv and how to apply improv to life. Every single, in, in each of the things, because I like when I'm teaching as well, like not just like here, do yes and, do it. How does it apply? It just does. Like every single object and, and situation and lesson is the word I was looking for, uh, has an anecdote and story attached to it. So it's like, oh, here's how I use these skills of improv when I was in Thailand and I had to get the embassy to open on a day they were closed so they can make me a passport because I lost my passport. So the first book, so much information about that. The second book, which is Secrets of Improv Revealed. Uh, Ooh. Based off of that old show that was like Secrets of Magic Revealed. Is yeah. Based on. Uh, but that's just really easy, digestible. Like if you just want to get things really quickly, here's rules of improv. Here's some examples of how you can use it just to get you going. Uh, if you're like, wow, I can't commit to this full book. This is like an easy, digestible one. Um, and then if you're like, okay, I'm ready for more, then you can go back to the other book. So then when you, when you talk about like that you go internationally and teach and things like that, what are you doing? Like, are you looking to get into like keynote speaking and taking these ideas and being like, this is how, cause occasionally I'll do like, I'll work with, um, CEOs or I'm getting ready to do a, um, a thing for this is now I'm just name dropping everything I'm doing. Um, but for the American nurses association and talking same thing about all of these principles. Um, I mean, the fact that it's not just like a thing that like, all corporate is doing at this point is mind boggling. Um, so is that kind of what you're wanting to like transition all of these like skills and knowledge into? Um, yeah. No, like, yes and no. Like, like you said, everyone can, cause like I, I've worked here with like, like IBM and Google and DreamWorks and Netflix. So it's like everyone across the board can use these skills. Yep. Um, but it's, it's internationally is just great just to see these pioneers like in, in Thailand and in, in Chiang Mai, which is not the biggest place. There's like six people like we know what improv is and like hmm. coming in and working with them with because because learning all different styles and all different places. Um, like a lot of I feel like improv is like you have to do this one way. Yeah. But realizing, oh, it's all of the ways. So to go into these places and see what they're doing and seeing their style and giving them something else um, like like doing a show in Japan where they both mostly know impro, that sort of Keith Johnstone style, hmm. and then going in and doing more like of a groundling style. And they're just like, what is happening? And like, I love that. Cause when I was learning, learning any of those different styles would be mind blowing. 
So I love going in and like seeing their excitement and I feed off of their excitement. Um, and sort of that, which, which revitalizes improv for me and also leaves them with something. They're like, here, now build off of this and, and build your community and, and have not just, there's not just one way. You read the UCB manual because that's all there was available. Great. That's one way of improv, but that you, there's another way and there's other ways too. So to learn all these ways is what's exciting. You, you're basically doing like improvisational missionary work. You're, you're yes. bringing like, you're an improv missionary. I never like, thought of that, but you're it is going like to all that. these places and being like, have you heard the good word? You know, it, like, it is, it is. Yeah, it is. Cause I feel like that's, that's sort of what's happened. Yeah. They had, they had the Bible or they'd yep. have someone come in and they go, Oh, have you heard of Jesus Christ? And I'm going, Hey, have you heard of Hinduism? And they're like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. No, I love that so much. And I, um, I always, I think teaching improv to people that are eager to understand it, be good at it, engage with it is the most we can ask for because I've worked with like really great improvisers and things like that, where it's like, I'm kind of more here just to kind of keep you on the rails. Right. And kind of tell you from the outside what I've observed. But when you go in and you're teaching improv to a group of people where they're like, yeah, we just signed up because we saw you were coming into our small town, you know, and it's like, she's the, you know, the teaching admin and well, he works at the hospital, you know, and everybody is just there on a Saturday in plain clothes, ready to like have a little bit of fun, I think is such a blessing. And I, I find this is like a big thing that I'm on a, a, a mission to do, which is like, ultimately, like the language that I would use, which is like, ultimately, we are all our five, six, seven year old selves walking around in adult clothes being like, uh, I don't know, do you like this, you know, and so I feel like any opportunity where we can have to kind of tap back into play and tap back into like, well, I'm weird, but you're also kind of weird. But like, that's okay. Cause we're all weird. And we all, you know, like just so much facade and bullshit that gets in our way of really staying connected to ourselves. And I feel like all of those very, what I identify as like very spiritual and like, like healing for society, these very, very big pillars are ultimately just like a bunch of people playing zip, zap, zap at 3 PM in Des Moines, you know, like, I just think uh, I, like I said, I was just so excited for this conversation because I, I, I also feel like improv is um, just a real force for good. Um, so I love so much that you're like taking it to all of these places and, and expanding their, their minds and hearts is really cool. Yeah. I love how you look at improv. Cause that is, that is exactly how I look at it. Like lately, my thing post pandemic, whatever word we're in now, this world is like, stop being afraid when, when mm. we're playing, we're doing improv. Like we all went through this thing that was basically like a, a near death experience. We didn't know there was a time where like, if I breathe, am I going to die? If I open my window and we went through this traumatic event and now we can go back to our lives, whatever they are, but just to like see that in, in, and be braver and have more fun. And when you're playing, yes, play as a kid with all the knowledge you have as an adult, you, but you like let go of like, what is that person think? Well, I'm a meeting later and just, just let go and have fun because as a kid, that's what we would do. And there's all this nostalgia now for any time that isn't now because we're like, let's go back to when life was easier and we can just go back to when we were kids. We're like, I have no worries in the world. And when you're, yeah. yeah so really my, my kick now is like, 
when you were doing improv, like, I don't care what style you're doing. I don't care about the rules. Just play at 100%. Just play and have fun because you are here now. You will never be here again in this exact conglomeration. So just really let go and have fun because that's, again, what improv did to me. And it's funny, like you said, improv, like healing everyone. I started doing improv because it was fun. I started teaching it because I was like, oh, I guess people want to hear what I have to say. But seeing now how useful it is, it's like, I didn't think it would become this because many people I teach now go, I haven't talked to a human face to face in four years. How, how, how? Yeah. So it's, it's really way more powerful than I thought, uh, which is, I'm glad to, to help with that. Well, and even, you know, if you think about, you kind of touched on this earlier, but like basic conversation skills. So there's a myriad of people and reasons and things, right? Why, why some people can engage in conversation easily and it's very difficult for others. Right. And, Sometimes I find even my husband's been kind of giving me a hard time where uh, I joined this new gym. Long story. Anyway, the class that I go to, everybody's like buddies, everybody's buddies. And I'm like, I freeze up. I don't know how to talk to anybody. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, what do you mean you don't know how to talk to anybody? I'm like, someone will say something to me and I like garble my words. I don't, I'm like, I feel like a little kid who's going to a new school where everybody knows where to sit and I want to be liked but I, you know, and so he was like, why don't you just do basic improv? The thing that they say is then the thing that you say. Like, can't you take something from your surrounding? Like, go back to your surroundings. Like, what is there? Um, which is a big thing I always teach in improv because people find, well, two things. One, which is when we just have two talking heads and I'm like, go back to your environment. If you say that you're about to operate on somebody, there's so many things in the room. If you can't think about what to talk about, think about everything that would be in the room. There's plenty of places to go, right? And then when we get too stuck on where it's like, well, this sandwich is supposed to be good for you. I don't know, Bob, the sandwich. It's not about the sandwich. How, what do you guys think about each other or how do you feel about the sandwich? I want you to get to an emotion as quickly as possible, and, um, so anyway, I've been like trying to <laughs> like lean back on those where I was like, oh, isn't that interesting? The amount of lessons and things that I feel like improv continues to teach me and I've been doing it and teaching it, you know, for, so I'm like, I can't imagine how beneficial it could be for people who maybe are not exposed to it at all. Yeah, it's and it's I don't know if any of our our older old older generational teachers knew this either. I think they were just like, we want good shows. Right. Uh but it is it is like those same skills of like you're on stage, you don't know, someone does something that the same like you said again, it's very this is very aligned today. Like I've been going to a new gym and like people are knowing each other and I go like, oh, hey, and like thinking first, I was like, I don't know what to say. And then I'm going, okay, flip side, improv, like, I'm just going to initiate anything. And, like, sometimes they'll go, uh, yeah, and they don't know what to say, but, like, that's okay. I'm having fun and initiating and saying whatever I want, uh, which gives them an open door if they want to respond instead of, like, how do I join? Wait, hey, hey, guys, sweaty, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, but, right? But those same well, things, yeah, those the emotions and listening and, and matching what someone else is doing. Oh, yeah. I mean... Oh God. I mean, and then you, you get into the whole idea of like listening and active listening. That's such a huge 
thing that I teach a lot, which is like, there's so many, I just posted a video about it on Instagram where I was like, was that person really an asshole or were you just not actually listening to what they said? Because we do that so often where like we hear what it is that we want to hear or we hear through our experiences. We hear through our heartbreak. We hear through our wants. And we're not actually hearing and seeing people. And even sometimes if I find myself doing that on stage where like, somebody will jump my thing and in my head, I'm like, oh, now I didn't get to say that funny line I was going to say that everybody was going to love. And it's like, that's not what this is about. And now you've missed out at what's happening and someone's entered and now you don't know their name. And we've already said their name, you know, like just all of those things of that's the benefit in real time of staying present. But it's also bigger than that of like, you know, what are you missing out on in your own life by not actively listening to people, by getting so far ahead, by creating what are the stories you've created in your head that are now going to get in your way, right? On stage, I created the story, ugh, I was going to nail that Christopher Columbus joke and everybody here would know I'm the funniest person on stage. Well, now you look like an idiot, LaForce, because you blacked out for 30 seconds and you missed this pivotal information because you were creating the story of how funny you were going to be. And I feel like so often we do that in in our day-to-day lives and we create all these stories of how people are going to think about us or how we're going to be perceived and I love what you said where it was like well at the end of the day even if they don't know what to say back to me like I'm having a good time and I feel like that's such a rich and free place to be that I'm really working to access as often as I can of like how can you just get back to a place of play like with all of this like there are no stakes I'm always like, the stakes could not be any lower. Like, let's just get back to a place of like having fun because there's nothing more attractive than someone who's having a good time. Yeah, definitely. And and it is like you said, like we we hear someone say something and I've been thinking this as well lately. They're like, we don't, I don't know if we actually know each other's languages, anyone talking to each other. Because as soon as someone says something, we're already like, oh, they remind me of this person. They said this. So this new thing I'm doing is, like you said earlier, like everyone is just a kid. Like I've asked my dad this, who's now almost 80. He's like, yeah, it felt like yesterday I was 20. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's how everyone is. They just, they were a kid who, who got into a routine in life and all of a sudden they're here. And if you look at everyone, like that is just a kid who's has a job and they're, they're like a kid in a long coat pretending to know what's going on when nobody knows what's going on. And to really hear what someone says without any judgment or any story on my part. You said that, and this is again an improv thing. Like, what does that really mean? What did what did when you said that? What did you really mean? Where's that coming from from you? And not judging of oh, how dare you say that to me? And it's in a way better to connect with people. I don't have to worry about what to say because they're going to give me all the information I need. Am I talking about improv right now or conversation? I don't know. It's both the same. I know. Well, a big thing I've been doing in conversation a lot because of exactly what you just said—that we all speak different languages. Um, is sometimes I will ask people, I'll go, oh, tell me more. Sometimes because it's they're talking about something that I don't know a lot about and I'm interested um, and it'll buy me time to figure out a, a point of connection in that conversation perhaps. But also often, sometimes you meet people who that you speak similar languages, right? I would say it's obvious that in many ways you and I speak similar languages, right? But if you're engaging with somebody where I'm like right away, I'm like, oh, I don't think you and I are on the same, then it gives them a minute 
to express themselves, which I also, this isn't always true, but I think a lot of times people like to talk about themselves. So if they're able to express something and actually making that move of engagement of, I'm asking you to tell me about you, how you think about the world, what you feel, you know, and like, I, I just think it's a, it's a really good way to open up uh, conversation and that's always an interesting thing, too, when you talk about improv rules, right? Because in improv, like, we want to make statements. You don't want to ask questions. But then that goes into one of those things of, like, but once you know the rules, then you can break the rules. And, like, that's kind of how I feel in life right now where it's like, okay, we created all new rules for ourselves, like life rules, how the way we operate, where we operate. But now we know them, so now we can break them a little bit and we can get back to having fun. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because those those rules are to get you in the door. And it is like what works best for you. Like some people, yeah, like you said, are just so good at like conversation and they're just naturally good at it from however they were brought up. But if you're not learning different ways of doing it, that it's someone tell me more like just and that's stepping out of out of yourself going, oh, clearly this person is not usually listened to. And you can tell by their body language or the way their eyes are and the way they're speaking. And if you open the door and go, oh, tell me more about that. All of a sudden they're like, oh, someone wants to hear about me. And then now you're connecting to them. And it's not like, I don't know how to have a conversation. Like that's because you don't have your 10 things you want to say or whatever. But if you just connect to someone that easily, all of a sudden you have someone who maybe could be your friend or maybe not, but you're interacting with them without having to think of what to do. Just being present with each other is really what it comes down to. Yeah, that's the idea of presence is a huge thing for me because I like both in improv and in life because I feel like a lot of times we cut ourselves off to like the amount of like people and knowledge that's around us all the time. And I think it's product of like, well, I'm busy and I have to go do this thing and I need to move and I need to, you know, and like um, my husband always calls me the mayor because anywhere we go, if you have a name tag, I'm going to call you, you know. Hey, TJ, how's the day going? Oh, you know, da, 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 okay, great. You know, and he's like, you got to like get to know everybody like you're running for office. And I'm like, you don't know, especially people that work at the counter. This is what they're doing all day long. And most people, even most people, if they engage are engaging because you messed up my drink. This isn't what I ordered. I don't want this. And nobody is engaging with them. And I feel like not that I'm doing, you know, God's work or anything, but I think it's like, it also, I've found, enriches my own life too, where it opens me up where like the things that I think are so important, the things that I think are so valuable, these things, I think these stakes are so high. And if I don't get this thing, then every, and the more that I open up that perception and I'm engaging with other people from a place of true connection, the more that I can relax my crack and be like, it really ain't that big a deal. You know, like everybody is out here doing their best. Everybody's out here with their own stakes and I think to me, it's like, what a beautiful way to like humanize our experience. But then I also think just for my own anxiety or, you know, any of that, it's just a, a really quick way to kind of blow out that fire of like, it's all right, you know? Yes. I, yeah, I love that. It is, it is. And I see that the same way that it's like selfish on my part. Cause like, oh, it, it ruins anxiety. It connects me to you. So I'll feel more comfortable, but as much as I don't like doing customer service calls, having a call for something and get on hold, when I talk to that person, instead of like, how dare you, like connecting to them as that kid who's working this job going like, 
man, I bet you were getting so many calls today of just people angry at you and just seeing them as a human and, and empathy towards them and being present with them will get you better service. Dude. <laughs> like they will help you. All and day. Not, and it's not doing it to get better service, but just really to connect to them. Even if they don't, like maybe you made their life a little bit better, which then will come back to you and you'll feel a little bit better instead of like, I'm mad. I'm going to be mad at them and they'll, they'll be mad at me and it won't get any help, which will make me more mad. Just being present, which again, going back to improv is the, like the thing. Just be present with each other. And it's amazing how it works everywhere. Yeah, counter service or customer service on the phone. Like those people will then step up because you're one person in their day who's not going to be mad at them. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's also like there's a difference between being like direct and being rude. Right. Of being like, this is the thing that I need done. I'm hoping today you're going to be the person to help me do it. Right. And like, I think that that's, and then that also comes from like character work and like, you know, and, and all of that aspect of, of improv as well, which is like, have an emotion. What is the emotion that you feel show up in that emotion? And I feel like we are all so emotionally stifled. I, I, because we don't know how to feel them. There's no, you know, where it's like, it's okay to just like not have a, a great day. Like, that's okay. That's okay. Not that big of a deal. You'll have more days, you know? And I feel like that's such a fun place. I find anytime I'm improvising, like that's always my go-to of like how many different emotions, big emotions can I circle through? That doesn't mean I have to be on stage in that big emotion the whole time, but how can I come into that scene knowing that I'm holding a big emotion? Um, a, cause it's just so much more exciting to, to watch and engage with rather than like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I guess it's fine. You know? And so that goes back to the, I mean, I'm sure the apathy that those customer service people, you know, just hear all day long, like, oh, what a sludge. Yeah. And that like, like two of my biggest things with improv, doing it myself or teaching it is listening and emotion. And I say for, for in life, uh, yeah, we don't think of emotions, but we have one by default. Maybe your, your emotion is nervous. Oh, I'm outside of my house. I'm nervous. And that's your default emotion. But if you just put on a different emotion, like I'm going to be excited to be here because I'm getting a coffee from my favorite place. I'm just going to be excited. And now you're sharing that excitement. And it's, it's yeah, emotions is like such a key for improv, but also applies everywhere else. Yeah. And I find even just having a little zeal for life, not even like I'm talking like just like a like just a little dash is amazing how much it sticks with people. And, you know, now kind of in the neighborhood that we're in and stuff, I've gone to enough places enough now and I'll see people. And like, when I walk in, they're like, Hey, how are you? And I'm like, I would have to imagine it's simply because I engage with them and I show up as a human and I'm, you know, and, and I've also just found how much, and this is also, I think, a beautiful, like the mental health aspects of improv too, which is like, you know, everybody on your team takes care of you. So you take care of everybody on your team. And there's that sense of like safety and security that you feel the ability to take risks because you know, you're being taken care of. And I feel like in ways that parlays for me of the more, I kind of touched on it earlier, but the, the, when I am 
in my world, engaging in my world with the people around me, I find that naturally my cortisol feels lower. I'm, I'm enjoying myself more even through like just the errands of the day because I've chosen to truly participate. And then in doing that, how much I'm like, oh, my problems aren't actually as heavy as I focus on them, right? Not saying like we shouldn't, you know, pay attention to our traumas. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying here, but the aspect of it, which is, it is really beautiful sometimes, especially when we're in places of struggle to be able to tap into other people and really have that realization of, even if this feels heavy to carry right now, I'm not the only person carrying something. Totally. Yeah. To like, Again, just to look at another person instead of going, oh, I'm upset. They're in my way as just they're an obstacle, just that it's another human who also was a kid and is now an adult. And to recognize that and connect to them does make you feel better. And that's like going going out and doing your errands and being greeted with, hi, how's it going? Is all that we want. But we yeah. expect people to just do that when we are not open and giving that as well. And if we open and give that, chances are we're going to get that back which sounds so simple and cliche, but it's true. I know, but I've found I'm like, that's why I love cliches because they're cliche for a reason. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's, I was thinking about that with like one day at a time or all these, like, even when you said be present, I got be present tattooed on my wrist when you I was 18. Wow. Just when I said that, you got just, that. Just now it was this and the hummingbird, you know, magical things are happening. Um, no, but I, I, I do. I think that there is, I, I've just really enjoyed hearing and uh, from you and your insight. And I love so much that you're out there sharing this amazing thing with people, because that's also something that I find of like, I think that the spirit of improv and being able to show up and be different things for different people is also what's really fun. And there's not a lot of like arts or things like that, where it's like, you can just like try it, you know, like it doesn't have to be a thing. Like, I'm a big proponent of like adults having hobbies. Like, can you try some things, you know, going back to that idea of like, you know, that we're all just eight year olds in adult clothing, you know, where it's like, can you just go and like try some stuff and have a little bit of fun? And like, you don't know who you're going to meet. I mean, that's something I really miss about, I think just the arts in general, but improv specifically is yeah, of like, oh man, I was in this class with all these people and look at all these things we made up and now we're going to go and grab a beer and nachos and we're going to talk about all these cool things that we created. And it's like that excitement doesn't exist in a lot of places in our world, unfortunately. And uh, if I could bottle that up and sell it, I would. Yeah. I would. It's, it's something I've only realized recently that it is like improv is the only place where you can go, I'm going to do this thing that is weird and peculiar to me and pretend to do this and pretend I'm, I don't know, a dolphin. And everyone's like, yeah, you are. And like there to support you, like everyone working together for whatever silly idea and going, instead of going like, well, why are you a dolphin? How much is it going to cost for you to be a dolphin? <laughs> it's just like, you get to do that. And then that playtime and that connection you have with people I'm doing a bunch of hand stuff that you can't see down here. I'm doing this. I was doing yeah. this as a dolphin. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the connection and then, and then hanging out after it's like improv groups are so close knit because it reminds us of playing with kids. And as yeah. kids, we weren't like, I'm afraid to go play with my friends. We were like, I can't wait to go play. We're going to play pretend and, and there's no stakes and it's just fun, but we can live our lives like that now in between where there are high stakes of things. 
Uh, yep. And there's no reason we can't do both. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, being able to have that feeling with other people too, like when you're talking about the, like, you know, with another group of people and typically like all the improv groups I've been on where it's like, we haven't always been like best friends, but when we're all together, I mean the, just like the intimacy of that. And I think, yeah, it's like you, we should be able to access that in other spaces where it's like, yeah, just the play. Cause when you said, um, that about like, uh, no, why is it a dolphin? Like, again, that's what it felt like pitching in Hollywood where they're like, so can we go back to like the dolphin? I don't know why the dolphin is here. And I'm like, why don't we just build on this idea? And then when I leave, if you decide we like this other idea better, fine. But it's like, I'm in here for how much time your job is not to poke holes in every single thing. Or, you know what? I met a dolphin once and I didn't like them. Could it be a different animal? You know, like whatever the thing is, it's like the, the lack of creativity and one of the most creative epicenters of the world is shocking to me sometimes. So I, I certainly just really appreciate when people are like, I think maybe that's the sentiment too of that. Tell me more about that, that it is that wanting to participate and hear about somebody else's ideas or hear about somebody else's experience and to make room of knowing like that I can stay curious to other ways of being. Yeah. And it's, it's so easy to, to practice this because we are around people all the time. And like, you think like, well, I'm not, I can't do an improv class because of this reason, but like you're around people, we could practice this. Like, yeah, going, going to the grocery store or getting a coffee, I feel like is the best place to practice because those cashiers see people all day long and they're not going to remember if you start a conversation weird. Uh, and it's a great place to practice. And then you, you see around people all the time, you can interact with them and connect to them and and play and it's it's all right in front of us but we're we're very much in our own stories in our own heads and that's what stops us yep yep what do you i'm gonna start to land our plane because i'm like i could talk to you forever um what do you feel like um what do you think like one of the best things that like improv has given you because clearly it's given you a lot if you feel like this is a thing that you can go and teach and share with other people. What do you feel like is one of the most powerful things that it's given you? Great question. I would, I would, I would, I don't want to answer right away. So I'm going to take a second. Uh, I think it's, it's that sense of getting past my brain, mm-hmm. all like the fears and stuff that my brain will talk about of this experience reminds me of this and anxiety, but just getting past that going, Oh, remember how you play. Remember how you used to be as a kid before you learned about how heavy the world is uh, and in applying those skills. And anytime I do, whether it's a scary situation or not, to apply those and going, oh, it's, I'm just doing improv and be able to do that at any time. Getting, Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. I'm not just easy. It's not too easy. But to to really take a moment and go, OK, I'm just going to treat this as improv and it's it's lighter and it's more fun even if it's like oh you should be freaking out well it's just improv it's just a game and and that's really what stuck with me the most how about it. you oh um see it's a good question <laughs> yeah i guess it is <laughs> um 
probably just, I mean, honestly, I feel like it's just given me so much. I think, I think ultimately it's just given me a place that I feel powerful. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, <laughs> you know, Trump, but I mean like from a sense of ownership, like, oh, this is a thing that I'm really good at. And I think there's a lot of self-confidence that's come from that. But I think ultimately, you know, like doing a 60 minute show with three people that you love based off of one random suggestion and getting so lost in the doing is such a beautiful gift. And I think it's definitely, I've been very blessed to do a lot of cool shit in my life, but like, I always feel like all I'm ever trying to do is like get back to a position where people will pay money to come and just watch me improvise. <laughs> like I'm in the process of writing uh, a solo show and I was like kind of trudging through. I'm like, ah, oh, do I want it to be more stand up or a solo show? I'm going through all this stuff. I was like, you know, I could also just do a completely improvised one woman show every night if I wanted to. Like I was like, do we want to just throw all of this out and know that all of the things that I want to do exist and I could just show up and allow them to like come out when they're supposed to. So stay tuned. I'll let you know how it, how it uh, comes into fruition. But yeah, I, I think that definitely is like a, a huge sense of power that created stability for me and an outlet that felt like, Oh, Holy shit. I finally found a place that I feel like I really belong yeah, because it is, it's improv is filled with other misfits who don't feel like they belong and then going, oh, we could all be weird together building off of this, whatever the suggestion was. Um, and that's, yeah, it's it's fun to do. Like I've done, as I'm sure you have, many of rehearsals late at night with three people <laughs> in some dirty basement. Yep. But then when you're like, oh, there's an audience who can see it happening is even more magical. Well, and I always tell people, because a lot of times, you know, you tell people that you do improv and they're like, ugh, you know, because they went to like a co-worker's, you know, class show or something. I'm like, don't get me wrong. Bad improv. There's nothing worse than sitting through bad improv. Um, but I was like, but if you like seeing really good, like people on top of their game, playing from the top of their intelligence, really giving back, I'm like, there is nothing more captivating. And I, I really, maybe, okay, if we really went to a bigger conversation, but I'm going to go top three most, like, just, holy shit, like, what, like, just, it's literally watching magic happen. And I think it's, you know, there's, who doesn't want to see that? It's the piece of, of art that we all want. Like, the yes. funniest thing in a sketch is when a mustache falls off. Or in a song when the, the beat drops or the music changes, those moments people are like, oh, that's the funniest part. That's my favorite part. And improv is just that. It's like, it's all the unknown and we're experiencing it together. And yes, I, I feel the same way to say like, like at the beginning, you're like an improviser. Part of me is like, ugh, the, the baggage that comes with. But like, if you know, again, if you know the other side of it is, oh, that is the incredible thing where you can just go down the river and, and deal with what's coming your way. And that is... Yeah, when it's good, it's there's nothing else like it except maybe jazz because that's also improv. Yep. Yep. Oh, 
Yep. I love it. Keith, this has just been such a like soul delight. Thank you so much for your time and being so present and sharing. And I'm so excited that everybody is going to get to listen to this. Uh, and both of your books, they're available on Amazon. Yes, that is correct. So they will be, we'll put all of this in the show notes and those will be available in my Amazon storefront. So if you guys are listening to this, and you're like, hey, I want this. Go and uh, we can go directly to Keith's website. All of his links. We'll put all of this here. And then also, know if you're like, oh crap, I forgot, you can uh, go and link that directly from me. So it'll all be there for you. Go and get those books, especially if you teach, if you work in any sort of environment where it's like that's something that's helpful. Even if you have kids, like it's just such a great way of like, okay, you know what? So this is the day that we're gonna have. Yes, and let's do this. Uh, as we've said, there's just so many applicable ways. I think it's just, just one of the best and greatest tools. So Keith, tell us, this is what I would love for you to brag. I know we didn't even touch on your podcast. So tell me a little bit about your podcast, where we can find you and all of those great things. Great. I got a notification. My battery's running low. So if I cut out, that's what's happening. We'll see okay, what great. happens. Great. So we got, uh, what was the question? Oh, podcast. So this, this podcast I'm doing, the perfect podcast show on the USA global TV and radio network. Uh, a great time. Each episode, I try to do the most perfect podcast. Things always go awry. <laughs> things always fall apart, uh, which is the point of the show. It's a lot of fun. It's basically just improv with people who come on. Uh, that's lots of fun. Um, and then what else is, yeah, the book's out. There's classes with Improv LA. You can find that information as well. Uh, I wish we talked more when you were in LA. <laughs> I know like, we would have ne we would have been kicked out of IO with having these long conversations. I know, uh, I know. I was, I, yeah, I was really looking forward to this because I was uh, my producer Caroline, and I was like, I'm like, I know Keith, but I was like, I don't. I was like, this is the most that we will have ever engaged. So I was like, I'm going off of instinct that this will be a really good and engaging conversation. So I'm just so grateful. Yeah, me me as well. Thank you. This was this was so fun. I'm glad we finally locked it down and could have this chat and could yes talk for hours and hours more because we really only scratched the surface of improv at all. Oh, I know. That's where I was like, well, we'll keep talking because I've I've got some uh, events and different things coming up, and um, my husband and I are opening a production company like space here in Atlanta next year. So we'll be bringing all sorts of different people through for different workshops and all those things. So uh, we'll definitely be in touch because I would love to have you come down and share all of your knowledge and information with our community here as well. That sounds great. I'd love to see this show that you do as well. That sounds so fun. Ooh. Yeah, I'll keep you posted. I'm like I said, I'm keep teetering back and forth how I'm going to do it. But I don't know. I've got a great improv theater here that I was like, maybe they'll just let me do a fun little self-improvised show here and there. And, uh, and so I can just kind of test it out and see how I like doing it. Yeah. I don't do know. It. We'll see. Great. All right. Well, Keith, thank you so very much. Be well, and we'll talk to you soon. You as well. Thank you again. This You're welcome. So Bye. Bye. Was that not the most beautiful and fun conversation? I am so grateful. That was, it's, it's rare. I guess that was the spotting from that hummingbird who was like, girl, you about to have a really great conversation. <laughs> um, that was just, uh, just warmed my little improv heart. Uh, and actually I know a lot of you listen to this that are improvisers. So I'm sure there was so much takeaway. And some of you that are maybe in more traditional here, uh, you know, healing circles, uh, that aren't as familiar or I don't, you could be a bank teller. I don't know. I don't know your life. Okay. 
Friends, I want to plug a few things uh, here. First and foremost, I'm always plugging my own stuff, but I really have to do a shout out. You guys know uh, Alice Hugh. She is an astrologist, career astrologer, or excuse me, a career astrologist, and she's done the podcast two times. She's a busy lady. I'm trying to get her on here a third time because I'm like, can you just be kind of our like on, you know, astrologist where it's like, tell us what's going on with the stars. But she is a very busy woman doing beautiful things. I wanted to shout her out. So she has, uh, if you are not familiar with her, she's, as again, she's been on the podcast two times. Go back and listen to those episodes. But she um, does what's called a career astro report. So if you're familiar with astrology at all, you know that uh, you can receive a birth chart, which is kind of where the stars and where the planets were at the exact moment that you were born, right? pretty rad, whether it's something that you subscribe to or you're like, it feels like hogwash. Either way, it's just really cool. It's a really cool tool um, to just kind of investigate like who you are and, and where you are. And especially if you are in this kind of hashtag healing journey, I highly recommend it. One of the really cool things that um, Alice does is she also offers career uh, like astrology charts, essentially. So like if you um, are kind of in this place of wanting to transition careers or not really sure what to do. She creates these full charts for you, completely written out. There's so much information. The one that she sent me, it is so juicy. And is a thing that I am like able to keep going back to even as my business is evolving, as what I'm doing is evolving and being able to go back and really kind of, um, use her information as this guidepost for what am I doing and, and, and uh, how am I feeling? And she is just mwah, so, so good at what she does. And I cannot recommend it enough. So please go and check her out. Uh, and she is at Woo Woo Company is her um, Instagram. And you can go to all of her links from there. Uh, but you can also book an astrology, like reading with her specific to your career. If you were a small business owner, this is really cool. She can do a birth chart for you based off of when your business was created, which is like the most woo woo, but yet corporate, like awesome. Like I just... It, I cannot recommend it enough. So please go and find Alice Hugh. Uh, I will link her stuff in the show notes here as well. Uh, but please let her know that Rachel LaForce sent you. Uh, she's a friend of the show and her gifts are bountiful. And so I want everyone to be able to take advantage of those. So please go check that out. Also, if you've been wanting to book a reading with me, uh, it's my inner intuitive readings are only $66 for just a few more days. So go ahead and book that if you want to. And then the price goes back up to its regular price. I'm sure I will do a holiday uh, coupon here and there, but definitely if you are balling on a budget and want to get in, uh, go ahead and grab that read with me. It's a 60 minute read at $66 and we, uh, we get into it. So please take advantage of that. Also, if that's something that you're wanting to do, but again, you're saving money, whatever the thing is, I do a virtual group reading. So this is so beneficial. Every time I do them, I'm always like, this is absolute magic and I love it. So that's just $22. You can go to my website, you can go to my link tree and book that. The next one is October 12th. That's Thursday, October 12th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will all get together. I'll be talking about kind of the collective transitions that we're in and giving us a little bit of um, some intuitive messages. We'll do a little bit of a guided meditation and then I'll be offering intuitive messages for the group and sometimes for individuals depending on kind of what popped up. 
So if you're wanting to dive in or just connect, please come and do that. I would absolutely love, love to have you. Again, so much of this is about creating connection and authentic community. So please come and commune, baby. Uh, I have so many fun fall events that are going to be coming up here in the Atlanta-based area for November and December. So I'll be announcing those soon. Also, we've got dates coming up for uh, Asheville, Boston, Vermont, LA, all sorts of places that I'm going to be coming and speaking in 2024. Uh, so get at me. Let me know. Where are you? Where do you want me to come and speak and perform? I would absolutely love to see you. Uh, so as always, if you like this podcast, please tell a friend. Uh, seriously, please tell someone. Okay. We want to keep doing this show. <laughs> okay. Tell somebody. Um, and yeah, get over to YouTube, subscribe. Even if you're like, Rachel, I'm not on YouTube. Please, 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 please support me, please, please. Um, and go over and hit that subscribe button. I honestly, I love you guys so much. I'm so glad you're here. Stay in it. Stay light. You know what I say? Love you, mean it.